the volatility of the stock market doesn't translate necessarily to volatility in real estate. So regardless of what asset class you're in or what size unit apartment complex you're in, it still is less volatile than the stock market. Welcome back to the Investing with Purpose podcast, where we explore the intersection of success and significance. We discuss alternative investment options from our experience buying hundreds of millions of dollars worth of real estate, but most importantly, how we're using that business to impact people in a positive way to leave a legacy that matters. Let's get after it. Hey guys, thanks for tuning back into the Investing with Purpose podcast. I just got a chance to speak to a couple hundred investors down in Florida, all different types of investors, single family, multifamily, just passive cash investors, like a lot of our investors are, IRA investors. And I just wanted to share a couple of the takeaways from you or with you from me, from the attendance. So my office is a little loud right now, so I'm out on my back patio. I hope that's all right. I hope the video is okay, sound okay. But a couple of the big takeaways, what I went to go down and talk to these investors about was the investing with purpose ethos. And I find that a lot of people don't actually use a portion of their profits to help out nonprofits, which I think is unique to us. But I didn't realize that it was just so foreign to a lot of investors. And we got a lot of people that came up to us after the event and they they were impressed with what the donor advised fund was able to do right what god was able to do through this donor advised fund and we posted it on social media I'm not sure if you got a chance to see it but if you didn't at the end of the episode i will kind of share with you what investing with purpose looked like in 2022 for integrity holdings group and uh, shout out to celia for working with those nonprofits and spearheading that whole campaign and working with them to fulfill what the urgent needs are around the world. And I'm excited to share with you a little bit about what 2022 looked like through our donor advised fund. It was pretty cool. So what I was talking to a lot of the folks about when we were at this conference was the fact that your mindset is determined a little bit by your nature, a little bit by your nurture. And a lot of people don't even know that they can invest in types of assets like this. They think that real estate is singular focused, meaning it's residential property, it's wholesaling, it's fix and flipping, or it's buying a single family property and renting it out and being a landlord. And I know some people that were saying how hard it was to be a single family residential investor or a duplex or a quad, you know, some, some of these, what I would consider smaller units, because if you have a single family house and somebody moves out, you have hundred percent vacancy. And if you have 100% vacancy, you are managing the mortgage yourself, you're paying the expenses yourself, and it could be removing the level of profits that you have. So I know that a lot of people talk about kind of the 1% rule, meaning if you buy a property for $100,000, you should be getting about $1,000 in rent, and then I think $100 net or something like that. I don't really know the 1% rule that well, because <laughs> that's not how we underwrite deals. But essentially what they're saying is, hey, if I bought this property and I cash flowed $100 a month, then I would be cash flow positive $1,200 a year. And that's kind of true. And the reason I say it's kind of true is because things happen with properties. And depending on how old your HVAC system is, or your hot water heater is, or you know any number of things, right? A roof, windows, any type of repairs, then that 1% goes to 0% and potentially negative. I mean, if you need a new HVAC system and you're only cash flowing $1,200 a year and it costs four grand to do the new HVAC system, then you're going to be upside down. And 
It's not to say that any way is right or wrong. You know, somebody asked, uh, one of the attendees asked me while I was speaking if, um, you know, what they should be learning about in terms of foundation. Should it be wholesale? Should it be fix and flip? Should it be the Burr method? Should it be the 1% rule? And, you know, what I love about real estate is that there's so many ways to do it. This was an active investor conference, mostly, right? We had a couple passive investors in there too, but the cash flow quadrant says that, you know, E is in the top left corner. Uh, S would be in the bottom left corner, B would be in the top right corner, and I would be in the bottom right corner. And they stand for employee, small business, big business, and investor. Ideally, we all want to get to the investor um, part of the quadrant. So that means you're making passive income. And I know that there's people that argue that passive income doesn't exist in so far that you have to at least do diligence on the operators or the fund managers or the deal itself to determine whether or not you want that deal. But overwhelmingly, I can tell you that our investors, once they say yes, have very little involvement on, um, you know, they're reading emails once a month talking about the financial reports and what they're seeing in terms of units that were turning and painting and putting new countertops in. But overwhelmingly it is passive i mean we get we send achs out every month and so it i think a lot of people talk about how it's not passive because um they think that this passive income being a myth is overblown and look i certainly believe that if you're an active investor telling everybody that they need to be passive doesn't make a ton of sense these people were looking for active income from real estate investment and the answer that i gave this young man was yeah, look, I love real estate because you can make money in so many different ways. Eventually, the goal would be to get to the I quadrant, right? The investor quadrant. And if you're starting with the small business, fix and flip, making that income, that's great. 12 years ago when we were doing that, I wish somebody also told me that if I was carving out a piece of my active income and putting it into passive income, it would have compounded much faster, much more over the last 12 years and at a much more tax advantaged rate. And if you do the math, it would have probably made me another million or two in just the compounding and tax savings versus dumping all that money back into another active income flip. So that was one thing I told him, you know, hey, you you can do whatever you want. And that's what I love about real estate is you can Choose the role that fits you and your family best. You can be a single family investor where you're just buying and holding single families or a quad or a 30 plex, or you can go into a fund like ours where you're completely passive and you're looking from the investor angle to get that passive income. So that was the first thing we talked about is just the mindset and the understanding of all the different things that you can do through real estate. I think that's pretty cool. It's much less volatile. Siri's talking to me on my watch. So I apologize. Um, the volatility of the stock market doesn't translate necessarily to volatility in real estate. So regardless of what asset class you're in or what uh, size unit apartment complex you're in, it still is less volatile than the stock market. So <clears throat> the other thing I talked about was, you know, kind of knowing your tribe. And we talked about core values and how we're setting up core values in our businesses. But are we setting up the core values in our life? Meaning, Do you have a certain group of traits that are non-negotiables for the relationships that you have within your circle? 
within your family members, within your friends? Are, are they adhering to the same core values that you want to show up in your life? And the reason that that helps is because of boundaries. When somebody crosses that boundary, you let them know, hey, that's a violation of my core values. I don't like that and give them a chance to rectify it. But also it's very clear as to what is expected and what's okay in your life. And I think that's super important to be able to talk to um, family and friends about because if growth is a core value of yours and your goal is to create some legacy wealth or your goal is to create passive income and you're around a bunch of people that tell you you can't do it, then what's going to happen? That's like the crabs trying to climb out of the bucket, right? They're just pulling each other down versus being around people that are in your tribe that growth is a core value of theirs and they're encouraging you versus tearing you down. So really important to know where you want to go and how those core values align with being around the people that will support you in getting there versus telling you, well, that's, that's not going to work or, you know, that that's, uh, I hope that works out, right? That's my favorite one. So we talked about that and then we talked about acres of diamonds and just as kind of an analogy, there was a, um, it was a great story. It's purported to be true. I haven't verified it, but somebody stood up. I think he was the president of Temple University or the founder of Temple University that told this story about this guy who was a farmer and he was an African farmer. And the story goes that he really desired the wealth that these other people were finding on their um, on their property in Africa and they were becoming rich beyond their wildest imaginations and he essentially left his family and started to go find land that would lead him to being rich and he went all over the place looking for this land and eventually he became an old man he didn't find the land that made him rich he became depressed he threw himself into a great tidal wave and he died never to be seen again and then the successor of his land, another farmer, one day was walking by a creek that ran down by the property and he noticed a flash from the creek bed. He knelt down, he sifted through the water, he pulled out a crystal object and he took it home, washed it off and he put it on his mantle above the fireplace and he forgot about it. A couple of weeks later, somebody stopped by the farmer's house and noticed the crystal on the mantle and the guy freaked out because he was holding a raw diamond. And the farmer protested at first, and then the visitor reassured him that it was indeed a diamond. And then that farm became one of the largest diamond mines in the world. Now, had the previous owner simply known how to look for and identify diamonds, he would have had the fortune that he so desperately wanted. And we're all standing on our own acres of diamonds. We need skills. We need ability. We need to recognize what a diamond looks like in its rough state. Challenges beget opportunities, right? We need to see the challenges in the world around us as diamonds waiting to be cut and polished. And I look at this very much in the investing world because it's easy to look at the shortcomings of every investment asset class, right? It's easy to look at how there's lack of access to capital or how we can't get into certain deals or the deals are too big or the deals are too small or the deals are not in the right geographic place. And it's more difficult to look for those diamonds in a rough state versus recognizing them as diamonds when they're already something beautiful. 
<clears throat> to summarize, Stephen Covey says it best. He says, look at the word responsibility, response dash ability, the ability to choose your response. Highly proactive people recognize that responsibility. They don't blame circumstances, conditions, or conditioning for their behavior. Their behavior is a product of their own conscious choice based on values rather than a product of their conditions based on feeling. So that's part one. We'll do part two um, uh, again uh, about this conference. You know, it was a three-day conference. We spoke a few times on different things, but just wanted to share with you the mindset, core values, acres of diamonds, piece of the talk that I shared at this event. So if you're finding value from the podcast, would you share it, like it, write us a review, and uh, feel free to reach out to us about topics that you want to hear from us. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Investing with Purpose podcast. If you're finding value, would you leave us a review and share this with your friends? And go to investingwithpurpose.org to learn more about how to partner with us and to learn more about the nonprofits that we support around the world.